Hi, and welcome to Real Time. I'm your host, Kara Ann Ray, and Real Time is a podcast that explores existence, multidisciplinary solutions, spiritual practice, and the art of it all. My guest today is Jaya, a sage, <laughs> a woman, um, who has spent more time sitting in meditation and in inquiry, uh, searching deep for truth and truth of existence um, and exploring the planes of reality in terms of the human existence and the spiritual soul-filled existence and how those two things work together and intertwine and um, allow us to get clearer and deeper and in more um, connection with all that is and um, our journey our journey right home to self welcome jaya hi jaya hello <laughs> nice to hear your voice likewise thanks to this amazing technology we can be connected even though so far away it's 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 pretty it's pretty brilliant yes very much so how have you been it's been a it's been a little bit how's your day how's your now i'm sitting in my little studio and it's um it's pouring rain outside and it's warm inside and um, I was just sitting quietly before we started talking and um, I was feeling the vast emptiness, the vastness of the, the beingness that we are mm-hmm. and allowing everything to melt and be transparent to that to that um, force, that presence. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. This just life, life itself, just perceiving, feeling, quiet. And, um, yeah, so... Mm. And you? How are you? Um, a very similar experience, but I was doing it in the um, in the ocean. Just really appreciating just the vastness and the connection of it all, and and for the purpose of um, you know the conversations that we always have, um, and for to to converse about things that um, help to show um, or help the feeling of, of the full totality of existence in the present moment to, um, I don't know the words really, uh, just to share more about that, I guess. Um, there were two things I had questions about for you or uh, that I wanted to talk about. And they came to me this morning. Um, and one is, of course, as you just as you just spoke of, the release to the unknown, which is also the same as, as what I wrote down this morning is this, like, what is it about that space where the ego just doesn't want to let go? You know, like the release and surrender to it all. Oh. And then there's those that moment or those moments or the dance as we continue to like walk up the mountain, you know? It's like where the ego just re-identifies. And, and why do you think that transpires like that? Why does it have to be a f- like, what's that purpose in terms of the growth 
for the ultimate, like the ult, there's no ultimate, but the like the surrender, you know, the, the total, the total freedom in that. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, you, you imagine you go to <clears throat> like, I don't know, a carpenter and you enter the workshop and all the tools that are set ready to be used and um, so in the room there is the space and you say oh look at this there's a hammer but this hammer is my tool but how can I dissolve it in the space look the hammer shoot it's still here after all these years of being a great carpenter I'm a master at it Still, this hammer is still here, doesn't disappear. So, <laughs> you know, the ego is what's wrong with the ego, what's wrong in identification. It's just there, it's a tool. The mind is a brilliant tool. Mm. So, it's not, you know, thinking you're a person, thinking you're an ego, and thinking you want to dissolve yourself. All this is a big fantasy of the ego. Mm. You know, there's nothing wrong with the ego. It's just tool that functions in the world. It's your capacity to navigate. To to the only problem is when it's it's it creates suffering when it's turning in round on itself and and never stops thinking. And it's you know it's like a hammer. You keep hammering away. If you don't put your hammer down, you you you, you know you can't continue with your with your life and, and living at peace, if you continuously have a hammer in your hand, it won't be so easy, you know, you get clumsy. So the ego is like that, it appears and disappears, this quietness, this beingness that we are, is like the space, conscious space, it's, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. It wasn't born and it doesn't die, it's always here, that which we are. Right. So you just put down the tools, the ego is just coming and going, everything coming and going. And, you know, whether you're up the mountain, you're down in the valley, whether, wherever you are, it's time to put down the hammer, you put down the ego and, and take a deep breath and feel your body. You're right here, you're present, you're alive. You know, you look around the room. It's, you know, if you take a moment to be quiet and not to label, not to make any story, you just... You just are, and there is there is the conscious space. There is what you're seeking, mm. the beloved, uh, which you long for. Mm. Right in in the moment where you stop. Right. Mm. So it, you know, I mean, I love hearing you speak of this, um, and I love talking about this, and I love speaking about it also, um, and it it. The part, um, I guess the next question is, yes, the, the only, you said the only problem is when the ego causes suffering. What happens when the ego isn't, there's no suffering, there's just unconsciousness? You know, like I'm thinking about, um, you know, a little bit of the past here. And, um, you know, when somebody's super present, but they're still not conscious, they're not suffering, the ego's not making them suffer, but the ego's also made for a um, inability to see oneself or be open to the expanse that you're talking about. Well, <clears throat> you could say <clears throat> when you are present, you are awake. You know, when you are present, you're not thinking, you're not lost in the thoughts of the past and the future, therefore you are here. What is here without thinking is what is, you know, between thoughts, around the thoughts, the context, the, the space in which the thoughts appear and disappear. This is, this is present. This is awakeness. This is wakefulness. And so what, what's the difference? You can't, you can't be present and not be awake because when you're present, you're present. You, you are here, you are alive, alive, aliveness, awake, you know, wakefulness. And, you know, you were talking about unconscious, mm -hmm. when you are unconscious. Mm 
you um, identify with being somebody. Being unconscious, that means being lost in your thoughts. And when you are lost in your thoughts, it's sooner or later, it's, it's suffering. Because just thinking, that means you are an I, you are a separate entity, and that separate entity, as soon as it feels separate, it feels threatens, it feels, you know, the world is other, you are other, there's mm. I and you and the rest of the world, and this is full of threats and uh, a big soup for creating a lot of suffering. You can have a very well adapted ego in the world, in the best situation you imagine. You know, you're like a saintly, everything goes well. Still, that feeling of being separate. You know, you're facing death, you're facing all kinds of sorrows. Even if you have a good life, it's so suffering is there as long as you haven't realized who you are. You can, do you know the Buddha sometimes didn't use the word suffering, but maybe the word unsatisfaction. There is, you're okay, everything is well, you know, it happens sometimes in your life, like you have a good job, a good home, a good partner, you know, everything goes well with everybody in your family, but there is still, it's like something is missing, something is uncomfortable, it's like you have a little stone in your shoe, or you know the story of the princess and the pea, there is something in the mattress, it's very comfortable, but there is something, she's so sensitive that there is something uncomfortable, so there's a pea under the mattress, and that pea is that notion of separation, that notion of being somebody. I, so I is the root thought of, of all thoughts proliferation and the, the beginning of suffering. Hmm. Hmm. I was, I was speaking more, you know, I want these conversations to be just as candid as we always are. Um, and at the same time, I feel myself trying to know that if I'm putting them out there publicly, I don't necessarily want to speak of, of certain people. Uh, but maybe you could, if you do, you don't have to mention names, and then people can have their privacy. Okay, sounds good. Mm. Yeah, it was it was the moving moving through, um, you know, moving through partnership where there was no separation for me and the projected understanding of somebody else in terms of where their separation lied was projected all over me and there was no way to navigate around out or any of it and i've kind of made made peace with that with saying well that's the difference between being present and conscious so when you said you know presence if you're present that means you're awake well, you're present and you can be awake in the present moment. And as life transpires, if someone's not, how, I mean, how would you even word that? If someone's not on the path, if someone's not, I don't even know how to word that, but it's not conscious. It's, it's the self in their own separation internally with no awareness around it. And then that projected onto somebody else. And if that's the case, like how do conscious people navigate that? Like, how am I supposed to navigate that world of like, you know, being misinterpreted and misunderstood because the other person's not aware of the expanse? And yeah. You know, that will always be whatever you feel, the person in front of you will feel something else. If you, like, if five of you come and meet me and I ask five of you after the conversation, how was Jaya? Um, I can listen to the five of them and say, wow, there's five different jayas. Everybody will have a different, completely different picture. Sometimes even you would say, what? Are you sure? Did you meet the same jaya as I? <clears throat> can be that different. So the world, everything from what you say, what you want to say, 
and the other one what they want to hear and what they really hear it's 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 it's, it's almost like impossible to to communicate you know in a way that 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 what you want to that the other hears because the other has its own conditioning their own filters their own way of seeing the world so there's no way you you have absolutely no control over anything so you know the way the way i navigate in in that is when i meet with somebody i i meet with um when when i'm not projecting anything on them and i see them for what they really are just present then they they there's a possibility that they can meet me in that and uh, you know somebody might and somebody might not they, the offer is is there and um you know everybody has a is it's very attractive this presence this feeling of mm-hmm. peace and this feeling of loving kindness of, of basic goodness it's very attractive so when you <clears throat> meet people you know from that space most people will um react very positively to that some might feel very threatened and run away Mm-hmm. but most people they feel like ah hmm they they don't feel judged and they can relax it's the same as when you go into nature you know with the trees we love going into nature so much because we are not judged by the trees mm-hmm. the trees are not being somebody and looking at you what you're wearing how you're walking what mood you're in that just taking you in exactly as you are and that's why we love trees and you want to hug them and you can hug them without you might ask them and they rarely refuse <laughs> and uh, you know they because they're just they just open mm. and then you know life life is a challenge you know you meet people people are where they're at they, you know people have their stress their their, their their all their things in their life life is very difficult you know it's very challenging to be a human being you know everybody has their share of suffering and loads on their shoulders and most people have to work so hard for just earning a living you know so many millions of people don't have even enough food you know there's farmers committing suicide every day i mean it's it's horrendous what's going on on the earth right now if you feel the amount of suffering it you know you can cry and cry it's and at the same time can your heart be that wide open to allow the suffering and at the same time feel the beauty feel the love that is there so you know in in relationships with people and close relationships in you you navigate the best you can when you when you you know when you feel emotional you might want to wait before you have a discussion and you have your own practice and you you take care of yourself and if the other one you know if it's a good match and you can manage to to live together it's beautiful there's never any par- perfect relationship that you can navigate through the difficulties and if not it will it will just split you know if it's too if it doesn't correspond to to each one's um level of of whatever their expectations are they will, they will split and find somebody else that that you will that will match your your inner uh development will you speak to a little bit of the separation like the split when you when you split the separation and the fact that that's like a separation of love that was shared or felt and yeah mm-hmm. yes 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 yeah that's that's the best way when you leave somebody and you say i love you and i leave you you know that beautiful expression i love you but i leave you you know that's the most beautiful way you can live somebody because somebody you've lived with you had an intimate relationship with somebody so close to you that knows you so well so 
to keep that person, not to throw them out of your life, of your heart, is very precious because they will remain, you know, dear friend in the best cases. Sometimes after a period of, uh, you know, taking some distance, but still it's, it's beautiful when we can really see we are one family and whatever we go through, you, nobody, whatever they did, you know, Ramda said that one day, did I say that before that mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever you do, you cannot make me take you out of my heart. You know, whatever you do, oh. I will love you. And that's, that's, that's the way, that's the way to live. Okay, well, let's talk about that, because I have a whole lot of things that are I can have put out of my heart, including this past relationship. I feel like without that person or people, there's a hand, a few of them in my life. I mean, my father being the first. Um, that if they can't understand or take responsibility for the aspects in which they were unable to whatever their inability was is not who they are right which ultimately is why they're not able to be that way because it's it's yes then i don't want them anywhere near me like where's the balance there's nothing right it's all ego at that point where's the balance sense of responsibility where's the way that you know i was showing up that's just all ego it's all nonsense well, you know, these are we don't we don't have to follow any rules. You just feel in your heart when when somebody it's too much, you know, and 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 you just need to take some distance, and you might never see them again. It doesn't mean you don't love them, as you said. Okay. You know, you love them for who they really are, but you don't have to like who they are, their personality, their way of being might be too much too out of line with your life and in that case you just keep your distance if it's your father you might have to see him sometimes and you just do the minimum relationship that you have to and keep your safety keep your boundaries keep yourself safe and and respected respect yourself and uh, you know you can pray for him send him love and, and take that the real father love in you, whatever you know, whatever moments or, or beauty that you shared, keep that only in you, this force, and make that grow in you, that father love that is part of your making also. And the rest, you you, you forget these memories, these bad memories. You change them. You make them into beautiful ones if you can access them without traumatizing yourself again you just go and shift them bring bring beauty in your life it doesn't mean that you deny the facts it's just that you don't have to keep them in your consciousness and you don't have to keep him in your life if it's too much it's really it's really whatever whatever works for you whatever serves your life a life is short a life is precious and you want to really give everything to it, you know, realize your dreams, realize who you really are, be happy, be at peace, mm. do something good in the world. This is very, this is, you know, the life of a human being, very precious. Most certainly. Yeah. Most certainly. <sighs> You know, it's so funny, like I've been going through, right, going through grief and um, and there's so many aspects of my life that feel so extremely expansive and open and connected in the ways um, that you know, you mentioned in the beginning of the call and, and that I was feeling completely coming into the call. Um, and it seems that in the trying to discover or the trying of anything or the experiencing the waves of grief or, you know, tr- trying to understand like why or 
why or surrendering to the grief itself. Any of the ways in which I am moving with this grief process doesn't take away the fact that it's the process that has has to happen, but it does feel like it takes away from the feeling of being, right? Even in just talking about it right now, I'm in a different energetic space than I was prior to speaking of it. And um, so let's let's take a moment with that. That's beautiful. So is it really true that now you have lost the space of being even though the color of you could say the color of the cloud has changed is it true that the sky is not there because sometimes we identify like a happy story with the, the feeling of presence and then when there is a sad story we feel we lost the present the presence but check that out is it really true now that you feel the grief can you not also feel the presence stay awake even in the in the grief yeah i mean i feel it now that i brought it up and was vulnerable enough to share it but and yeah. it feels it's the same you know same same and it still feels in the grief like the resentment is why am i having to do the work when he doesn't have to when he just gets to bumble along unconsciously yeah <laughs> and not take any responsibility and hold on can i go one step further and how does my heart when you said just love it anyway it's like how in this stage is my heart supposed to love that anyway when i know that that there were choices and steps made that caused unnecessary difficulty that didn't need to happen if that person was conscious. And yet I know the work is to transcend that inside myself, but that feels like suffering to me. Yes, better not know anything and just be where you are, you know. It's like you were blessed, Kara. You are so blessed to be able to be present to notice the grief to notice where you're at to feel your feelings to to be on that journey of awakening you know to 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 want to realize that to be free to be free from suffering how right. blessed you are right. and uh you know he might not be doing it or he might we don't know what's happening with him he might suffer he might not you know everybody suffers sooner or later you will have to face things you know you don't want to wish any harm on anybody you know bless his heart and is it's his journey is his journey and and you don't know what's happening within him you know how it feels when you are unconscious it doesn't feel very good Right. to be identified with the dream you know it doesn't feel very nice you have little joys and, and little sorrows but they're not very you know just being present even with even being present with the grief is is much tastier than being just unconscious even in a happy dream right consciousness is gives the the depth the, the dimension the real dimension, the real depth of to life. Right. So it's a blessing. You're blessed to, to have this, and and you know it's it's that's why you're not with him anymore because it didn't work out. So thank right. goodness that things didn't go right, and 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 right. you know right. he left. That that gives you your freedom, that you don't have to be in that relationship anymore. Right. Yes, it's, um, you know, there's no mistake in life, in, in this universe. And and feel that now if you let your body just, oh. I, I, I can't, honestly, I can't even because I'm like, well, I left. I left. He didn't leave me. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy what the ego wants to do. It's mm -hmm. like, I left. He didn't leave me, but he did drop me. He dropped me and then he didn't make time for a friendship he broke all of the okay. trust that i had worked so hard that we had worked hard on together that we did so beautifully together 
and that so I had tried. Guilty. We are we're both guilty. Because you left and he dropped, so one one. That's great. <laughs> so. Yeah, you could take it like that. You know, you both said goodbye. You both were doing your little goodbye wave. He might be angry because he might say, you, you left me, you know, and you say, no, you dropped me. And he might say, no, no, you left me first. And he says, no, no, you dropped me. So, you know, maybe for him, it was important that, that you left and for you that you didn't leave. And for you, it's important that he didn't drop you. So you both, you know, could say you, you, you didn't do what the other expected. You know, we, 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 we act the way we, whatever, it, that was the way it was supposed to be. That's the way you yeah. can look at destiny. That's what I like to say. Whatever happened, it was supposed to happen. How do you know? Because it happened. And and right. thinking about it, you know, Papaji would say, it's like going to the graveyard. Yeah. You're going to play play with, with, with the cadavers. It's dead. Everything that happened in the past, is dead therefore thought is dead thinking you know everything all of this is the past is thought is dead so you just it's okay. good to visit yeah so, yeah if you can do that it's so great. let it be dead i mean it's it's felt kind of dead to me for the last few days but in talking to you since we've done so much process around this um so let's shift it's dead ah <sighs> Yeah, see that, how beautiful when you just drop the story. When you say, you come back to your body, mm. the breath, you look around the room, you're just here, and feel really, really dropped the story. It's dropped. dropped completely. You know, it happens so quick, Jaya. It's like... And, but this has been the practice before this experience. And this experience has just taken me to a whole nother space of it. But it comes in so quick, you know, when you first... And I, I'm curious, when when did you first feel that that sense of vibrational alignment or peace or openness in your body? Because I go straight into that space. Like the second I'm like, okay, I, to I understand what you're saying. It's dropped. It's story dropped because I've practiced, you know, because I've meditated so much and practiced so much. And then I'm like, ah, and then this vibration comes up in my body. And that's been the interesting part about grief is that even when I've cultivated or not, I haven't cultivated it, but the space of existence is felt within my molecular structure, right? Within my physical form. Even with that, with the grief, I could feel where in my body it was blocked you know, and then I'd be like, oh, and then the energy wouldn't circulate or the breath didn't circulate in the same way. And grief, grief had been heavy in my lungs as well. And so, and then I would have to sit with that feeling again, let it cycle through and then cultivate, not cultivate because I'm not doing anything. I'm just feeling existence itself or the feeling of existence itself. It becomes aware in my in its aliveness right or in my awareness or whatever um uh when did you feel that first or do you remember cultivating that before your cranial sacral training or during or always you know i think this is something that you know already as a child you know yeah, children are yes. really good at at being at, at feeling that that space, that peace. You have a child, you notice, like when you were little, like often before we start speaking, mm. often there's, there's that relaxation, that sense of ease in the body. And little by little, the sense of when you build up your personality and you're more and more identified with I, 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 and I'm this, and I'm, I'm that, I'm like this, I'm like that, you know, I like this, I don't like that and you have all your stories, then it contracts, so it creates some contraction in your body. And as you go up, it might feel so contracted that sometimes you might feel that you've lost connection with it. Right. So that's the only thing, but it's always been here. So, so do you feel like you lost it? 
And then when do you feel like you remembered it? You know, I wonder if we really lose it totally because, you know, you can lose it by moments. Sure. You know, you know, many times I, I could have felt that I was completely identified with thoughts, but there is always a moment later when you feel, I don't know, for everybody, when you go swimming or you go, you watch a sunset or, you know, you're under the night sky. Mm. But however identified then you are and wherever, sometimes even in the middle of suffering, grief, and suddenly one breath, one, I don't know, one, one feeling, one smell, one fragrance, and you pass by and you smell the roses or you see children at play and they are really children. And there's something that touches your heart. And at that moment, it's there. Mm. So this, 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 this is, this is always with us, with us. Mm. And yes, cultivating, yes, to, 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 to bring that. It's like, you know, you have your most precious tool is your attention. And with this attention that we, most of the time in the waking hours, we, we are often obliged to to use and put on thoughts and work and deeds. But if you cannot lose the sight of presence and peace, that's always here, maybe in the background first that you notice and to put your attention on, on that. So that, that will be like a very, very important step in the cultivation of this awareness of this presence that until you feel this is the biggest part of your being and thoughts and body and deeds uh, are not in the forefront mm -hmm. in the forefront is this peace that is like it, it's it's a unshakable like a mountain like the vast ocean whatever image we can use images, we can use felt sense in the body of the shoulders, relaxing the belly, the breath in the belly, or just sitting. I like sitting cross-legged or sitting comfortably somewhere because sitting, sitting cross-legged is, like, is a symbol of the infinitude of the eternity of this mountain-like spirit mm. of this of meditation of you know the life prior to life and death birth and death mm. so with with this i would say yes it's a it's it's a beautiful uh, practice cultivation uh, way to live to to live as that as as the presence not identified as the thoughts mm. story Hmm. Hmm. I'm just, yeah, I mean, really the, the process for me as you're speaking, um, so I, I went to the first time I really felt the, the field that I sit in now when I am present or talking about presence or just being the uh, uh, the words you know it's like the health of the field or the field of health as a friend of mine calls it practitioner I know um, the first time I really felt that which is different from the feeling that I had as a kid I, and it's the same and it's the same 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 I, I don't feel like I've ever really lost it but I didn't feel it embodied in my system the way I did when I went to when I did this embodiment workshop and I really laid there while this 
workshop was transpiring. And after a few hours, I found myself kind of in like um, child uh, in, in like a fetal position, but not like a crunched up one, a very relaxed one, just laying there. And as I'm listening, I'm just feeling the Shakti, right? It's just feeling the energy and feeling my body slow to that pace, like almost similar to, I imagine, what it's like as a cranial sacral therapist when you feel the fluids inside the spinal cord and the nervous system start to synthesize themselves, right? And as I'm listening, I'm just laying in that position and it feels so good. And I didn't even know what that felt like. You know, for a long time um, in my body, physically, the connection of the mind, body, and soul. And I remember going to a therapist a long time ago, and um, her for the, and I'd been through a lot of therapy in my life. My, with my parents' divorce at five, I was in therapy a lot of my developmental life. Um, and I remember going to this woman and she was really young and she said, oh, well, okay, well, where do you feel that in your body? And I remember thinking, gosh, I don't know. I've never thought about that before. And then I remember going to a great esoteric acupuncture therapist who I worked with for a few years in Santa Barbara. Um, and I feel like for all purposes, um, when I post this as a podcast, I'll put all of those practitioners in the link too so people can find them because I really feel like they're tremendous practitioners as I feel the same way about you, Jaya, the times that I've um, been on your table and how that's influenced the embodiment process, you know, the process of me being able to feel um, kind of this vibration. Um, so the, the same thing, the esoteric acupuncturist said, you know, your spiritual capacity and your mental capacity are very advanced, but the physical body needs time to catch up. And, um, and I remember it being almost a year or two before I could feel in my body the same thing I was kind of spiritually and mentally feeling to try to start to integrate those, um, those different things, tools, just integrate and um now that you're when as you're speaking i'm laying in the same thing you know and i'm just feeling this vibration of health and it feels so good and it's so enriched and as i'm laying there then a thought will come in right and that's when it goes into the byron katie work it's like then the thought comes in and if the thought takes you away from that, that deep feeling and into any kind of negativity, then that's where the attention that you're speaking of comes in. Because I feel like what I've had to do is be very clear in my attention and then my intention with every every moment to stay in that space to 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 stay it within the freedom but i don't even have to stay within it it's just like to be within it so that i'm not allowing that the the part of the ego to come in and where you know like where is the where is the the origination of thought right we've talked about this like when that thought comes in it's like what is that like, what's that thought when I'm in that vibration of health and I'm thinking, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, well, whatever the thought is, you know, that, that keeps, that keeps the, the mind chomping, that, that re-identifies. And the, the more I've been aware of it is the quicker, and this happened years ago, like eight or maybe eight years ago now, my, you know, this is simple stuff, but the difference between like a New Year's resolution and, you know, American centricism in terms of the consumer society, which we won't go too much into here in this space, but, you know, the the New Year's resolution implies that something's gone wrong and now you need to make a change. And it continues to pr provide this cycle of um, a lot of the woundedness we see in, in the external world, but shifting resolution into intention 
um, was the first time I really became clear of that difference for myself and what that small difference has done in terms of the intentionality of my experience towards freedom, towards aliveness, you know, towards that, that vibration frequency and whatever words you want to put on it. And in that realization, I made my intention. I was like, okay, well, I'm present about 60% of my life right now. Like 40% at that time, like I would still, an experience would happen or an argument would happen or a disagreement or something would, a fear, right? Something would come up and it would take me 40% of my life until I could come back into that state, that vibrational state or that field of health or that feeling. Um, and I thought, okay, well, my intention for this year is to make it 80% that I'm present. And I was like, why not 90%? You know, like, why not 95%? And I was like, okay, well, let's see if I can get between 80 and 95% this year. And I remember when that year ended, I was like, oh my gosh, I was able to keep my attention so focused on the present moment or my breath or the tools to keep me in that alignment or and I don't even want to say alignment because I don't even feel like it was alignment at the time but in just presence just the here and now and I remember after that year was over I was like wow and I've been living that way a long time and cultivating and building upon that to ex, ex, uh, to expand within the existence of it all in, in, in its feeling and its being and all of it and then this thing comes along and really challenges aspects that needed to be purged. Just like you said, it was such a good gift because I get to continuously and consciously grow through the growth of what what I'm supposed to in this process towards, you know, in this process of, of remembering the isness of before and after or whatever words you want to put on it. And then what, you know, then it's like, Okay, well, okay, so then you bring your attention into that space. So I recognize the thoughts. I'm doing the work. I'm feeling the grief, doing the work, feeling the thoughts, working it out, being present with it. And then is it like at some point, is it just that freedom just expands beyond and then the thoughts come in and you're just like, oh, wow, look at that thought. Because I feel like I've been there too. Oh, look at that thought. Oh, that's not produce, producing a negative reaction in me. Oh, okay, I'm not letting my thinking mind identify to the point of any suffering. All right. Now, at that point, will the universe continue to show up and keep stretching past that? Or is there no stretch past that? Is that the like, is that that space? And then, does it really matter? <laughs> you know what the universe will stretch? It will, it will gobble up the the one who thinks, right? The thinker, the observer, the right. Because that's the identification of the, the eye again. The observer and the observed, yeah, disappear. Mm. You know, because you were saying you were lying there and you see a thought. And you get, oh, shoot, it's tough. It's like there is that separation, that fight, you don't want it. And later you feel like, oh, okay, there's a thought. But there's still the me watching and the thought. And it feels separate. And, right. and after a while, the commentary disappears. There's just what is. You know, that was John Klein before he was dying, you know, he had dementia. But even though he had dementia, he could get saying, the seer is the scene. The seer is the scene. You know, people would come in and that's all he would say. They would talk about something and he would go, the seer is the scene. <laughs> so, you know, the seer and the scene are part of the dream, their thoughts, yeah construct right. everything what is there when you drop not only the thoughts but the thinker is also dropped 
mm. what's left. Mm. And, you know, Ramana would say it's like, you know, you you have a fire and you take a stick to put all the other sticks that they burn, and then you throw the last stick in the fire too. <laughs> oh, it's like this. I give you the bowl. So you listen, the sound of the bowl will sound. And then when the sound of the bowl disappears, what's left? And where does the sound, it's like the sound of the bowl will be, will take it. You had the question of thoughts, where they come from, where do they go? So that's the same. Let's imagine we, we focus on, instead of the thought, we focus on the sound. And let's see, where does the sound disappear? And what's happening when the sound ends? And that in which the sound ends, remain there, that you are. Everything arises and passes away, that which is, is always, always was and always will be. Mm. End of story. I love you so much, Jaya. Mm. So nice to share time with you today. Likewise. Mm. 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 Thank you for doing this. I find it. I I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Mm. Namaste. Namaste.